my friends, and welcome into another edition of the JMAC Podcast. So glad that you are here today. Today, I want to talk about the stimulus and the loans and the help that the United States government gave to people during the pandemic. Now, I know there were a lot of people against this, and one of the primary concerns was that if you infuse a bunch of borrowed money into the economy, you're going to create inflation. And we're actually seeing that happen. Part of the inflation that we're seeing right now is absolutely due to that infusion of cash. But even knowing this, and me being somebody who is on the conservative side of the aisle and and not wanting uh, the federal government to dive in and get involved, believing that these are typically states' issues, even for me, it was a surprise that, lo and behold, I supported all of these programs, and I supported going into debt uh, to uh, help the country, because my feeling was that if suddenly people are fired because the businesses aren't making as much money, if they're kicked out of their homes because they can't pay their rent, if they lose their unemployment benefits because the clock has expired on those things, that if all of those things happen at one time, we're going to see this country fall into a deep recession, if not a depression. And when you have the federal government shutting everything down, then I believe it's the job of the federal government to help you survive in the meantime. So it was a little bit mixed for me. I, you know, I don't, I don't like handouts. Um, but at the same time, I felt like this had to be done in order to save the country. Well, now we're starting to see studies to find out what kind of impact uh, this help really had. And as I see these stories, if they're good or bad, I want to share them with you. Uh, this is out of Los Angeles. So it's just one area and it doesn't represent the whole country, but they did a study to find out how did this help with uh, people who were struggling financially already. And so let's go to the story. This is from Doug Smith, the Los Angeles Times. And by the way, some of you have said you're not a big fan of how I put the story up on the screen uh, as I read it. I do that for a couple of reasons. The first is, uh, this is what I'm reading to you is not my material. I didn't read this. And so I didn't write this. And so I want the authors and the news organizations to get credit. And the second reason is I want you to see that I'm reading directly from the story, that I'm not making things up. So this is Doug Smith, Los Angeles Times. And it says, pandemic eviction protections, along with direct payments kept, uh, kept homelessness in check, this study shows. So we'll just read here uh, briefly. It says eviction moratoriums and cash income from extended unemployment insurance and stimulus payments help thousands of economically vulnerable people in Los Angeles County avoid becoming homeless during the pandemic. The study released Wednesday by the Economic Roundtable estimated that homelessness did increase by 13% from 2020 
2022. That's a higher figure than the official count. But that uh, it would have climbed to 23% without interventions. The story goes on to say eviction moratoriums and cash payments kept households and workers intact during the COVID pandemic. These two interventions worked. The report was called Breaking the Fall. It argues that the same measures augmented by reemployment services should be used to lessen another possible surge in homelessness if there is a recession next year. So I find this to be really interesting. In Los Angeles, this worked. You would have had how many more people on the streets, how many more people uh, needing services. And they're suggesting if there's a recession, we should do it again. Now, I I will tell you a lot of things go through my mind here as I read this story. The the first thing that comes to my mind is I would really like to get to a place where um, people are uh, a little bit more self-sufficient. Let's put it this way. They're a little bit more prepared, a little bit more money in the bank, a little bit more food in the pantry, so that uh, an instance like a pandemic doesn't hit as hard. Now, I'm not naive here, and I know that it can be very difficult, especially in many areas of the country, to find work. Oftentimes, that work is minimum wage work, that we have seen uh, inflation go up over the years, year after year after year, but wages have stagnated and they have not gone up. Uh, One of the side effects of the hiring crisis was suddenly uh, Taco Bell was hiring at $15 an hour when uh, minimum wage was $7 an hour. So it kind of forced wages to go up. So again, I'm I'm not naive here to believe that, oh, I'm not one of those pull yourself up by your bootstraps types of people. There are those people who need to do that and who are relying on government services, and those services are allowing themselves to perpetuate their uh, their circumstances. It's one of the reasons why I don't like a lot of social programs, because I feel that they tend to allow people to continue to exist in their current state of poverty, but they don't lift people out of poverty. And And I think that we should always focus and find ways to lift people out of poverty instead of just allow them to continue in that state. And there's a lot of ways to do that. And this this podcast is not a particular time to do a deep dive on that. But I do think it's important to recognize that all of those things that were done during the pandemic, and who deserves the credit, by the way, for those things? Uh, President Donald J. Trump. Uh, a Republican Congress, uh, Democrats, uh, they came together and they, I believe, saved the economy and kept people employed and kept people from getting kicked out of their homes. Now, there's going to be some effects of this uh, that could be far-reaching because if you had a bunch of people who were not paying their mortgage or not paying their rent, and now the pandemic is over, 
and those moratoriums are over, if they're not able to return back to the same wage or higher wages or the same jobs, then you could suddenly have a massive housing crisis where people are underwater dramatically. And, and I think there's a high likelihood of that. I know in, in our area here, the housing crisis, not the housing crisis, the housing boom was massive. I mean, my home doubled in value in a matter of two years. And it was one of those situations where if you wanted to get the value of that increase, you had two options. You could sell your home, but then you'd have to move out of the area because every other home has increased in value. So you'd have to move to some small rural area in order to reap the benefits of having those extra dollars. Or you would do what a lot of people I knew did, and they did a home equity loan and they remodeled their homes. Now, they love their new homes and that's fantastic, but they increase the amount of money that they owe on their homes. If suddenly there is a housing crisis, many of those people are going to end up underwater in their homes. And how they handle that and how that affects the housing market uh, remains to be seen, but I do think that that is a distinct possibility. Uh, but again, the bottom line is, I just want to let you know, I think that in the right time, in the right moment, it is the job of the federal government to step in and at least in an extreme situation like the pandemic and help out. I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, I'm a big stickler for the Constitution. I'm not sure how constitutional it was. I think it was just because the Supreme Court has allowed, uh, you know, Congress to tax and spend how they want to. I usually believe that I don't think they should spend, be able to spend if it's not in Article 1, Section 8. Uh, but in this case, I think they saved the country. I, I really do. And we saw these types of measures uh, used in many other countries with the same effect. Uh, is staving off a recession worth it? Uh, versus a possible depression? I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and and see what is coming over the next few years. And again, I really want to focus on programs that lift, not just allow. I Sometimes I think that social pro programs are like a hammock. They They stop you from falling, you know, so you don't hit the ground. You're not homeless but then they flip over on top of you and they don't let you get up because of requirements about how much money you can earn and other things like that. So we can get into that on another uh, podcast. You can certainly leave your comments and let me know what you think about that. Uh, thank you for joining me. Please take a minute, like, follow, subscribe, share on whatever your platform you're watching, Facebook, Twitch, uh, Twitter, or better yet, like, follow, and share on all of them. That would be fantastic. And please take a minute and go to jmcfarland.com. Uh, you can join for as little as $5 a month. That's what allows me to pay for these uh, broadcasts. 
because there are subscriptions involved in sending all of this out. There is equipment involved. And so it's not really, I'm not asking so that I can get rich off of you. I know that these are hard times. I, they're hard times for me. So I'm asking so that I can continue to uh, bring these concepts and these ideas to you. So if you can, great. Uh, if not, at least take a moment and like and share and follow. That will help me out. With that, my friends, uh, have a wonderful day. I'll see you soon.